and trains, and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. We're getting ready to have a live spectrum. What we were trying to say, you got to walk home, walk home, walk home. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at Wadesword. Be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. Welcome to episode 39 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Devin Wade here with you. Want to thank you for joining us and reminding you guys we can be found on iTunes, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. And on episode 39, the Silver Fox Kevin Allen is in the building. No Eddie Robinson, no Kalina, no Biscuit. It's just uh, the the overlap of my guy, the Silver Fox. And uh, in episode 39, we'll talk about the Houston Astros winning the World Series. The podcast is based in Houston, so we have to talk about how exciting it is for the city of Houston to have a World Series champion. But in addition to that, less than 24 hours after the Astros clinched, Deshaun Watson went out with a knee injury that will end his season. In addition to that, the Houston Texans are in the epicenter of controversy this week and with comments made by their owner and, of course, the subsequent trade of Dwayne Brown to the Seattle Seahawks. We're going to get into that. We have a segment called Ballin' or Fallin'. We'll talk about some NBA stuff and some NFL stuff and MLB stuff in that segment. And then in the second half, we have this or that and the have you heard have you heard? And uh, we'll talk about those things and more. want to remind you again, iTunes, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. You can tweet me at Wade's Word, and you can tweet Kevin at Allen, Allen Ron 10 and, of course, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook. want to bring in the Silver Fox, Kevin Allen. Kev, it's, a, it's been a wild, wild week in the city of Houston. We have never seen a week like this in Houston sports ever, and we're both native Houstonians. Talk a little bit about the excitement in the city for the Houston Astros and what they were able to do. Uh, great all week long. People just happy coming together. Um, never seen nothing like this for this period of time for a stretch like this. I didn't think I'd ever see it because they'd never won before. But it, it's it's great. It's wonderful. And again, we've endured a lot. And both of us are. I mean, kind of old-timers and, and really loved baseball growing up. The game and the popularity has changed. And for us hosting a, a, a talk show on, on KTSU in Houston, it was hard to get people to talk, especially the African-American listeners, to talk a lot about the Astros. But you saw everybody get on board and celebrate with the team able to win the World Series in an exciting fashion. I want to get into some of my favorite players, but after recovering from Hurricane Harvey, the Astros uh, really kind of brought this city together and sort of united them, and everybody had their favorite guy to root for. Talk a little bit about what the Astros did for the city after Hurricane Harvey. What this did was brought people together. You forgot about any type of color or anything like that. Uh, the city just came together. Teams winning. Uh, a lot of positive things that you can get on board with, and it, it was just some exciting times major for forget about some of the things that you had going on for a three- or four-hour period of time to kind of get you through the day. And five hours in one of those yeah. games. Now, I want to ask you about well, – and I want to mention this too because, again, for me – and I said this on Twitter. I went crazy on Twitter and that the huge parade yesterday, it was it was awesome. I actually went to the one in 94 or 95. I think I went to the first parade. I may have gone to both parades. I don't know, I don't know why, for whatever reason – I don't remember specifics about that other than it was hot. And I just – maybe it was a blurred time because I know I wasn't sleeping a lot and I had a lot of beverages in those days in my youth. But, yeah, you know, so to see it happen again is wonderful. But I said this on Twitter. I was most proud of this city. I, I'm, I was prouder than I've ever been in the city of Houston after Hurricane Harvey and watching people going out and helping other people. And, and I did a little bit of that. You did your part. Uh, my brother went out. Biscuit went and did his thing, uh, rescuing people and getting people out of flooded homes. And to see people come together, you talk about an, a, a truly universal effort. Because, again, coming off of the election of Donald 
Donald Trump, it's been so divisive and people like it's a lot of race baiting, a lot of divisiveness. And you lose sort of the faith in America sometimes just a little bit. It's diminished by what you see coming out of the White House every single day. It's been a really tough tough year from that standpoint but when you saw everybody come together regardless of race i saw some guys that came from louisiana the the cajun yeah. navy cajun, rather yeah I, I was alongside the cajun navy and those guys probably are diametrically opposed to me politically i, I probably have nothing in common with those guys but they went in without pay without request they went in on their own or to rescue people of all races religions colors everything they they didn't care they were about helping people and the entire community did just that came together so i thought first and foremost i was proud of that but i'm also proud to have the civic pride of having a champion because we went through what 81 and 86 with the astros we went through five slammer jammer we went through uh, the, the Oilers in 93. We went through uh, the 70, 78 and 79, losing to the Steelers in the playoffs with Bum Phillips and the Love You Blue era. Uh, we went through it with the Rockets in 86 uh, with the in, and what, 81 and 86, losing to the Celtics in the NBA Finals. So we went through all of that losing and got conditioned to it. And then we win in the championship in uh, 93, 94, 94, 95. And so it's been that long since we've had a champion. Right. And it's been a downtime for our sports teams. And to have one come through in such surprising fashion, you know, the team was young. I, I thought they were still a year away, possibly. But then you add Justin Verlander, and boy, things just picked up in a hurry. And that last, what, he came, what, August, in the last part of August? It's been just a remarkable ride for this team. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Verlander kind of put him over the hump. Like you said, you had that youth there with a lot of talent, but then you had that seasoned guy that can just settle everything down like Verlander did where you really need a win. He going in and seal the deal for you. Yeah, I mean, and all of these guys, man, you have to – you look at a guy like George Springer who was unbelievable – and and then you look at Altuve, who's the MVP, who's the likely MVP in the American League, and, and then even guys like Yuri Gurriel and and Marlon Gonzalez and and McCann and uh, Bregman, all of these guys came through. And like I said, it's it's one of those things that we have to absorb. It's because it's still sort of surreal, uh, but it's something that we'll have to absorb over time. And it's kind of you know like we we talked on the show earlier today. I. I thought I was an old guy where I can go back with, you know, the J.R. Richards, Art Howe when he played. But when the caller came in and said this morning, you, you 51, I didn't know you were that old. That's why you can kind of reach back. Yeah, the guy, he, wait a you minute. Re- so on can, the show, let me, let me <laughs> reference you can, this. You can so the guy back. says, the, the caller comes in and he says, yeah, well, uh, Ralph, I, you know, I enjoy listening to you and, and, and Devin, he's 51 like I am. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. You don't even know me. How are you just going to give me 51? And by the way, I'm not 51. I don't like to say my age one way or the other because people like to judge you based well, on Devin, that. Well, you know, but well, now, I mean, you kinda, can judge it kinda, Kevin. It kind of makes sense now because you kind of go back on sports a lot, you know. Now I understand well, I mean, how you, you can do it. But you, you know? played Little League with Satchel Page. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, you were you were shortstop uh, while Satchel Page was pitching. So, I mean, you know, so we both have history. But but speaking of history, though, <laughs> I had a chance to name when on Twitter. I don't know if you followed me on Twitter that night, the night that we clinched. I, and I started naming all of the old. Yeah, Astros. I saw that. Yeah. So who yeah, name? That. Just name your. Just name ten or twelve of your favorite Astros, the guys that you remember and really, really. Enjoy. I mean, you you know you remember all of them. It just depends on what era you want to go in. Uh, you know, the, the most recent one, probably one of the most popular ones that a lot of people remember is Jose Cruz and and those guys like that. But when you go back from when it really started. Uh, with Don Wilson and and Zuno all of those guys, the Astros. yeah, you Larry go, Durker, yeah, Larry Durker, Roger Metzger. Uh, with those guys like that, Jimmy Wynn, um, the Toy Cannon, the Toy Cannon, yeah, you go back to those guys, and then it transitions to the next group of guys up until this point here. And with these guys, I think, and when I watched them play, this is possibly one of the most talented yeah. teams that the Astros have ever assembled 
since I can remember watching the Astros, and I'm talking about top to bottom. You have everything. You had speed. You had power. They just gelled together. They had everything. They had pitching. Probably the relief pitcher needs to get right. short up Ken just a Giles, little bit. Yeah. But but for the most part, you know, when you look look at it, when you get an injury or two, it can kind of get you out of sync. But with Carrera going down, uh, Keiko going down, yeah. and it, and and they they never let up. You know, they they have a bump in the road, then they get right back on track. So when I looked at this ball club, this is probably one of the most, like I say, talented that the Astros have ever assembled. Yeah, and I thought that, going back to game two, I thought when when Dave Roberts pulled Rich Hill, I thought that that changed the entire series in game two. Astros come back to Houston down 0-2. I'm not sure that they win this World Series. And I thought that that gave the that, that really lethal offense of the Houston Astros a chance to get more of a look at that Dodgers bullpen, which they've had their own problems with the bullpen, not through the regular season, but, you know, again, versus the Astros, they just didn't look very good at all. I, it's just phenomenal. But I, some of the guys I, I named Terry Poole, my, yeah. my first group was like Bob Watson, Terry Poole, yeah. Joe Sambito, right. Joaquin Anderhall. He was one of the guys I didn't – I wasn't a big fan of Joaquin Anderhall, but Cesar Cedeno, Enos Cabell. Uh, you talk about, like I said, Cruz, Jose Cruz. I mean, I can name the whole lineup. Uh, the Allen Ashby catching. Uh, then you talk about Craig Reynolds. And then yeah. uh, you know, Art Howe, you're a utility guy. I mean, it was just it was you know, Dave Smith and came a little bit later on. Nolan Ryan, J.R. Richards, and I think J.R. Richard needs to ha- he needs to have his jersey retired by the Astros. That needs to happen. We need to work on that, and they need to make amends and and, and right that wrong in that club's history. But I know that there was some bad blood. That's a couple of owners ago. That was McMullen. Then you had Drayton McLean. And now, uh, of course, you have Jim Crane. So uh, it's a, a wonderful, wonderful ride. And it just I'm just proud of my city because we, you and I both remember when Houston was not what Houston is now. And, you know, we were sort of an afterthought. You was like, oh, Dallas and then Houston. You know, people thought of Texas. They didn't think of Houston. They thought of Dallas. And, and we were just this little up-and-coming feisty team. And then Love Your Blue came. And then, of course, you had the oil boom in the early 80s and everybody came from everywhere. But we I remember what it was like if they mentioned Houston on the news or or in any kind of television show, you just kind of lit up and went crazy because Houston was was a relatively small city. And but it, to have that that pride in your town it's something that a lot of people don't really absorb like like we do because again we native houstonians i was born in st joseph's hospital downtown and we talked about this going my my mother used to drop my brother and i brother and i off at the astrodome we would eat dinner we'd make sure we had something to eat maybe have a snack or something in our pocket and back then you could just drop your kids off in the front right she would drop us off in the front of the astrodome we would go in, watch the game, and then she would pass by all the traffic to be able to pick us up to take us home. Because I grew up three miles away from, from the Astrodome, you know. So, you know, right. you're probably closer than that, right? Right. right. You're right down the street. You're about a mile and a half. About a mile and a half away from the uh, Astrodome, correct. So it means a lot to us both. And I think that as large as that celebration was for the Astros, if a football championship came, I, although there's a lot of tumultuous things going on with the, the Texans, if the, a football championship ever came, it would be 10 times bigger. We've seen the Rockets, seen the Astros. Uh, we'll see about the Texans. And speaking of the Texans, less than 24 hours after the World Series clinching win by the Houston Astros, Deshaun Watson, who's looking like, man, look, his coach, his college coach says, if, said, if you pass on Deshaun Watson, you're passing on Michael Jordan. Last Sunday, he looked like Michael Jordan. But he goes out in a non-contact injury in practice, and he's out for the year. Tears up, tears ACL, and boy, what a devastating blow! And you saw it reverberate throughout the sports world. Have you ever seen any, any kind of outpouring like that? The guy's special. When he came in, didn't say much. Tried to do everything he had to do. Hurricane Harvey hit, gave away some game checks. Come in, just turn the whole franchise around. Put the city on his back now. Now you have this wave and the momentum going with Deshaun Watson, and then all of a sudden 
Boom. This takes all the ad. This this deflates you. Even I mean, when, you even when, it was like the top story. Even in the day we are starting to celebrate the Astros' victory, that was the top story. But you think about it. Even with J.J. Watt going down, people thought that was a big hit. But with Deshaun Watson going down, that takes everything away. Yeah, it, it it doesn't look good for the Texans right now. So. Three and four so far, and it won't get much better. Yeah. Now, they do have the Colts coming to town, but – you know, the thing is, a lot of people, and I have not always been, look, I, I will tell anybody, anybody that knows me knows that I loved the Houston Oilers. I bled Columbia Blue. That was my my first love affair with sports with the Houston Oilers and, and Earl Campbell and Dan Pastorini and Mike Barber and Ronnie yeah. Coleman and Elvin Bethay and just that whole, you know, Mike Renfro and, and Ryan Felt. I mean, you could just name all those guys. Those were those were the guys, man. And you love those. I mean, I love those guys. I bled Columbia Blue. I have not, not been on the Texans as tough. And, and I think it's because, again, it always seemed like Bob McNair, the owner, he always wanted a certain kind of guy. He talked about how we're going to win a certain kind of way. And I almost felt like that was a kind of a cold word. I mean, I, I know what he meant. Obviously, he he, didn't, he wanted high-character guys. He didn't want any, any trouble-making guys. He didn't want any outspoken guys. And for that reason, when you start talking about winning your kind of way, I was never on board with that. I felt like if you're going to play in this game, you play to win. That should be paramount. If a guy can help you win, if you get a DWI, if you have some problems off the field, we can overlook that if you can help us win. And, and he has never been like that. Then he comes out with the, the statement, you know, let the inmates run the prison. And that further kind of has alienated and and it puts the the Texans fans in a tough spot. I mean, what do you what do you are you get a sense that the fans are leaving the Texans because of those statements, uh, are separating themselves from that, or can they overlook that? How do you feel personally, and then what are you hearing? Well, I'm I'm a little bit different. Um, what I'm looking at is it doesn't phase them. You know, they're just still going with with the flow. But I'm when I when I hear certain things like that, I kind of distance myself away from it. But I'm just one person. But when I look at it, like you said, with the Oilers, when you when you look at owners, when you look at Bud Adams, Bud Adams to me was that player's owner. He he was, well, you know, he would. He, uh, he wasn't from a contract. He was stingy and he was tight. But he, he didn't. He would bring in guys. He would overlook. Things. That's what I'm saying. He was a player's owner where he would bring those guys in, and and they could actually count it to me from what I would see. They didn't have any issues with him or anything like that. Now, when contract comes up, yeah, that's the negotiating part of it because you're trying to save the money. But when I look at McNair, it's a totally different type swagger about how they carry themselves. Bud, I'm going to fight for you. This this is my guy right here. But with McNair, it's like, uh, Well, he'll fight for Cushing, but he won't fight for anybody else. Exactly. That's what I mean by that. So I really – and I kind of got – I said, okay, they got Deshaun Watson. They kind of got somebody at the quarterback position that looked like me. So now maybe let's see what happens. So now it kind of generated that excitement. I'm like, okay. I say, then watch the Texans. But once he made the comment, I'm not going to watch him. It's tough because you want to root for a guy like Deshaun Watson who may – He's the future of the NFL if he can stay healthy and come back and rebound from this injury. He is the whole package. And, again, you have to be careful about this because we said this about RG3 and we said this about other guys. And, and, you know, their second and third seasons, the league catches up with them or injuries catch up with them. But with him, he's a special, special player. And I thought – Really, that we would be coming in talking about how special this guy is after what he did going into Seattle, only to have the team protest. The most outspoken guy, Dwayne Brown, traded to Seattle, which it works out. I mean, look, he and the organization were at odds about the contract. He sat out for the early part of the season, finally decided to come in, and he was met with this. And basically said, I'm not surprised to hear Bob McNair say that. And I'm not playing for him anymore. I'm playing for the guys in this locker room. I'm paraphrasing on the last part. But, you know, he was really outspoken. He was the only one I saw doing when when the protest started up that he held up a fist. He did that one week. The next week, he didn't do it. And I felt like at that time, Bob McNair and the organization addressed that with him, and he didn't do it. But, I mean, being a veteran, being 
rich enough and old enough to speak up for yourself. I thought he did a phenomenal job. I really appreciated seeing the guys take a knee prior to the Seattle game. Not not because, again, the, the Kyle and Kaepernick protest is a different deal. I'm just saying from a standpoint of we're, we are going to show the world that we are not pleased with you, Bob McNair, for the way you handle yourself and in defiance of whatever you thought. We're taking a knee. Now, you you want to get rid of each one of us? You can. And we'll see. And, and I'll, I have the picture somewhere on Twitter, and we're going to see what is the future of all of those guys in, a, in that picture that took a knee going forward with the Texans. But I think it's a bad look. Bob McNair, and he'll come up a little bit later on when we talk about Colin Kaepernick. But I just think it's a tough, tough time uh, for really Texans fans. Uh, but we can't let that rain on our parade because we have the world champion Houston Astros in this city. So with that, I want to go to a segment we call Ballin' or Fallin'. This is where we come up with a sports entity, team, player, and uh, determine amongst ourselves, and you can join in too, is that player, entity, a team, ballin' or fallin'. Let's start with Major League Baseball. Now we saw an unprecedented amount of home runs hit in the World Series, but it was a tremendously exciting World Series with the exception of the fact that one or two games went really, really long. And it was sort of an anticlimactic game seven because the Astros pretty much ended that thing early on after getting the U Darvish pretty, pretty early. Is Major League Baseball's momentum, is it balling or falling? I think the momentum is, is balling right now. With the way the series went, throughout the playoffs was great. And the seven games with the World Series, the way that it went, extra innings, exciting, a lot of runs. It captured the attention of many, many people. So I think right now Major League Baseball should jump on that wave and try to ride it right now. Well, I think that Major League Baseball's popularity is balling too. Because when you talk about the young talent, Aaron Judge in New York, because you need a New York team to be good. You have a classic franchise like the L.A. Dodgers doing work. Then you have all the youth in Houston. Then you had the Cubs a couple years, I mean, just you know, a year removed from winning the, the World Series, and they have young talent. Then you had the Cleveland Indians, I think. And then you had, what, Derek Jeter getting into ownership. ownership. So I think things are trending up for baseball. Add to that all the problems, the social issues that I had um, by, in the NFL – and obviously, you don't have those same problems in Major League Baseball because you don't have very many, uh, as many African Americans participating. Uh, I think that trend will is starting to reverse itself. I think you'll start to see more African American participation in baseball. At least I hope, and really return to the old days when we all had, uh, you had Rod Carew and and Willie McGee and Dave Parker and all those guys. Every team had, you know, Hal McCray. You name any team in baseball, and they had prominent African-American players that that little kids of color could look to and say, hey, I relate to that guy. He's my favorite. And, and so I think that that trend will start to, to change back, and you'll see more African-American participation in the sport of baseball. Next up, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're coming off a big win last night over the Washington Wizards, one of the uh, supposed contenders in the Eastern Conference. LeBron, what, 57 points last night, 92 fantasy points for those who, who participate in daily fantasy. Are the Cleveland Cavaliers, are they balling or are they falling? Right now they're falling. And the reason they're falling to me is that the, the, I don't think the, the, the locker room is is where it needs to be right now because with Cleveland, when they're hit a rut, Le- LeBron isn't happy. But And he tends to be kind of emotional about yeah, it. Yeah, he gets emotional about that when, when it's not going his way in and they're not winning. And I think this is the part where they're missing Kyrie Irving so much. Yeah, and I think also you, you talked about missing Kyrie. Dwayne Wade is older, not able to contribute on the court. What is wrong with, with J.R. Smith? What is wrong with him? Well, with with Jr. Jr. is an emotional type guy, and what I mean by that is they initially told Jr. he's going to start. We're not bringing you on six man anything. And Jr.'s mind is program. I've been in the championship, and we've won a championship with me. And now you're going to put me on the bench, and that throws Jr. his mindset off, 
as far as getting him ready to play. But now, during the season, now you're switching him back. Okay, now you're going to start because now Dwayne Wade wants to sit down. But it, it's going to take him a minute to get in his groove, and Jr. will be right back. Jr. A, a, a pretty good basketball player, real good basketball player, let me say that. And, and a you lot know of, him well. Yeah, so. and I know him well. So some of the things that people say about Jr. to me, I don't think he deserves. Really good guy. I think he's a good teammate. But once, you know, this gets going pretty good, Jr. get his stroke back. I'm going to go in the direction of balling. And I'll say this because, again, even though Boston is on their winning streak and they're doing what they, they're doing, do you really – I mean, you think they'll right the ship. I, I agree that they look really bad now. But it's hard to imagine that in the seven-game series in May that this team won't be uh, it won't have figured this thing out. But right now they are in shambles. But but when they had to step up, what did LeBron do? He took over last night. He scored fifty-seven. He's now Devin, he scored fifty-seven, and they needed all fifty-seven. <laughs> so he won't score fifty-seven every night. Now this is something that you have to remember with Cleveland. They were one of the top three-point shooting teams last year. Now they're not, and that's hurting them a lot. When you have Dwayne Wade, who really isn't a three-point shooter, Derrick Rose really isn't a three-point shooter, now you can't stretch that floor like you want. Now it's a lot tougher to get to the basket of where these guys want to go, and that's something that they're going to have to make adjustments on. Finally, uh, I'm balling or falling, Colin Kaepernick's lawsuit, his future in the NFL, against the NFL, is Colin Kaepernick balling or falling? He's balling. The reason he's balling on this one is, as I've been saying lately, a lot of people saying he hasn't been saying much about this situation, but Colin is a very, very intelligent guy. He's playing his cards just right. You never tip your hand. Now he has owners over a barrel where they have to give up text messages, emails, cell phone records, and if you find one thing in there, he wins this case. I think it'll be hard to prove the case. I think that you can prove that certain owners were against him. It's going to be hard. In reality, in reality, obviously he's being blackballed, and it is collusion. Obviously, now I do think that. Look, I think that certain teams you knew right off the bat it wasn't a good fit for them, socially and on the field, but not thirty-two teams. Not with all of these injuries. Now, and, and look, when the Texans went down, you like, okay, well, you have a mobile quarterback that can run and throw when you lose Deshaun Watson. You you lose a quarterback that's mobile and can throw. Who can we replace him with? Let's go with a guy who is 100 years old and T.J. Yates to try to appease the fans and Matt McGloin, who you just beat up in the playoffs. Really horrible quarterbacks leading the way. I mean, who were out of football. Instead of having a guy that could run and throw and be mobile with this horrible offensive line, he would have been a perfect fit here. I Do I think it's collusion? Obviously, I do. Proving it, I, it'll be a lot more difficult unless there's a uh, really some red flags or, or really something right there. With this but see, this is the thing that we're going to have to look at. When they asked for Tom Brady's record, he wouldn't give up his phone. Everybody was like, see, that's why he won't give up the phone. But now when you get the owners... They got to give up the phone. Then they'll come up with something that, well, you see, but it's mm-hmm. a different thing. See, that that that's the part that I really don't get off on, and you you know what's happening with now, that. And so, his attorney has said, he said, look, Colin Kaepernick will be signed in the next 10 days. Mark Garrigo said that. And I don't doesn't look like that's going to happen. Oh, no, 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 but, no. you know, he had the perfect opportunity to come in. Quarterbacks keep going down. It's a horrible NFL season. It just it's just a bad, bad year. And it may ultimately cost Roger Goodell his job. We'll follow up on that in the coming podcast. So but, who's gonna be the commissioner, Jerry Jones? Well he wants to be. I can guarantee you that. Uh, and you know, we'll see moving forward what happens with that. With that, we'll wrap up the first half of episode thirty nine of Sports Talk with Devin Wade Podcast. Coming up in part two, we have this or that and have you heard. Also, before I let go, all that more on this episode of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and TuneIn.
of Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Devin Wade and the Silver Fox, Kevin Allen in the building, still basking in the glow of a Houston Astros win. And, you know, I've been playing a little, a little UGK, a little, you know, a little <laughs> Paul Wall, just kind of getting, you know, maybe some DJ screw in my life, just so, sort of feeling wrapped in my, my hey, Houstonness. Man, you too old to listen to that. Well, you're right. You're Maybe 51, I need, man. Ma- ma- no, I'm not. But hey, I may have to go back and listen to Archie Bell and the Drill. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Another Houston group. You know what I mean? Maybe the the the, the highway QCs or something. I mean, like it's way way old. Anyway, nonetheless, go. welcome back to episode 39. Ha- having a good conversation about baseball, basketball, and uh, of course uh, the World Series and all that good stuff. So. Here is a segment that we call This or That. The choice is yours. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. Give you two choices, Kev. You tell me, do you want this or that? First up, the Boston Celtics or the Golden State Warriors, the hottest team right now. We're not going to talk about championships. Just who is your team? If If they played a series next week, who would you take in this series? You taking the Celtics or the Golden State Warriors? I'm taking Golden State. Still Golden State. Still Golden State. Boston hottest team in basketball. Still going with Golden yeah, State. Yeah, you 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 put me out there. You said if it was a series. Now, if, if you want me to just pick the hottest one, I'm taking Boston. Yeah. So, if in a series, you got to give me the Warriors. Got to give me Dub City. And I tell you what, you have to give the Boston Celtics a lot of credit after the loss of Gordon Hayward. On opening night, what a devastating blow. This team could have sort of lost its way early on, at least early on. But they've righted the ship in a hurry. They played well that night. And Kyrie is is, is balling out. You have Jalen Brown. You have uh, Al Horford. Jason Tatum. Tatum, smart. You have a lot of guys playing some good, good basketball for the Celtics. They come up with a win at home versus OKC last night. And, you know, you, I said a lot for them, but I still take Golden State. I think it's an illusion. All of these things are mirage. You think there's water on the distance. There's more desert, and that desert belongs to the Golden State Warriors. And in the east, the, the Cleveland Cavs. We'll have to see. I think the Cleveland Cavaliers are more in question than are uh, the Golden State Warriors. But I, I think outside with Golden State as well. Moving over to the Western Conference, this or that? Do you take the seven and three Houston Rockets or the five and two Los Angeles Clippers? Clippers. Right now, I think that's the better basketball team. They're, they're a lot deeper on the bench. I think the, the ball moves a lot better without Chris Paul being there, and they go to Blake a little bit more because to me, Blake was playing really good before Chris Paul came. So they're getting back to that old Clippers style now. Neither one can get past the second round, really. But, right, but we're talking but, about like yeah, now. Right now, that's what I'm saying. So right now, I think the Clippers, I, if I had to take one, I'd take Clippers. I think I will lean towards the Rockets, and I think now more so than when Chris Paul comes back because I think this team is running a lot in the same way they ran last year. It's Harden and the gang. I will say Eric Griffin. Uh, Eric, Gordon. Eric Gordon is playing hot basketball. Uh, Clint Capella is doing some good things. Uh, and, and they're not shooting the ball as well from three-point range, but they have, I think, they're playing the way that they did last year was really, really good for them. I think when Chris Paul comes back, now this experiment will start all over again, figuring out how to play together. You have to give Blake Griffin a lot of credit for what they're doing and go in uh, Los Angeles. But I think right now until Chris Paul comes, and that's ironic because you're talking about one of the best point guards in the game. And and then you say you turn around and say when he comes back that's gonna hurt the Rockets. But I think from a chemistry standpoint, I'm not sure it's gonna work. But for now, I'll go with the Houston Rockets. Let me ask you a question, just to get off base for a minute. Yeah, had a conversation about Chris Paul, and I hear a lot of people say how great Chris Paul is. And you know, I get outside of the box sometimes. Mm-hmm. And when I look at Chris Paul, I say, well, when I look at Chris Paul, I look at Chris Paul as just being solid. But everybody say, oh, he's this great point guard. But do you consider him a Hall of Famer? See, in basketball, basketball's Hall of Fame is pretty porous. You can pretty much get in. They got they have people in the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame, basketball Hall of Fame that I have no clue who they are. And they played and thrived during my lifetime. Well, they have different different 
parts that you can get in right. as far as but you have, contribution and yeah, all that. But, but you have, if the, you have like, but the way we think. Yeah, Les the, Alexander. I mean, not Les Alexander, but the former WNBA coach. Uh, Van Chancellor. Van Chancellor. I don't know where I came from. But I'm just Van, saying the way He's you, in the Hall of Fame. But I'm just like, saying the way you and I think of a Hall of Famer. In the way that do you and you I. think he's a Hall of Famer? Wow, that's tough. I think he's borderline. Man, I think it's tough. <sighs> wow. And see, that's the part that I was yeah, talking and about. And I think so, that if you have to ask, it's it's a pretty. And, and that's what I was. That's what I was getting at. The lack of postseason success is really hurt him. But yeah, I think for sure he'll get in the basketball Hall of Fame in our in Hall our of Fame. Hall of Fame in our side. And, Ooh, and that's, that's that's the tough. thing that I was I was saying when people you know they try to tell me how great Chris Paul we, is. We need to we need to revisit that. Okay. I mean, Put that on had, the docket. Yeah, put that on the docket, and then we can support that or or not support that by some research. We have to do some research on that one because that's a very by by about our, our terms, terms of, Hall of, of, of Hall of Famer. Yeah, that that'll be a tough one. That's that's gonna be tough. And that's the part that I was saying. People say, "Oh, Chris Paul is he," but when I look at Chris Paul, he's just solid. I mean, he doesn't do to me. He doesn't do one thing great. Well, he he's he's a great player all around. But, the problem I think where I get into issues is in the NBA, especially more than any other sport, one or two guys can make the difference in a quality postseason. Now we're seeing the super teams now, but one, look at what Kyrie is doing in Boston, and now they're a legitimate contender. Look at what Westbrook did in OKC last year when he was a one man band, and he got it done. By himself, he was a difference maker by himself. Now he didn't; they didn't advance in the NBA playoffs, but he, he made the difference. He made. But that's the difference. that's the point. What I was thinking about, I was looking at with Chris Paul, is when I look at Chris Paul, I try to factor in what does he do great. Like you said, with Russell Westbrook, he took that team on his back. And he did something nobody ever done since Oscar Robinson got that triple double average. But then when you look at Chris Paul, what does he do great? Right, right. And and I think he, I mean, like I said, he's really, really good in a lot of aspects of his game, but but that's something we'll table we'll talk and get about. back to. Okay. Uh, and, and Didn't mean to get off beat. Yeah, but that's an interesting conversation. Finally for the this or that segment, Teddy Bridgewater or Andrew Luck, who will have the better immediate future or really even long-term future? Uh, just to go back, uh, August 30th of 2016, Bridgewater tears up his knee to the point where they were wondering if he would ever walk straight again, let alone play or play at a high level. And he's activated now. He's practicing with the team. Well, he's not activated yet. They have to make a decision. But he's practicing with the team for the first time or whatever. He's involved. I don't. He won't be on the game day roster. I don't guess soon. I don't. Right. I don't. Right. He may be. They have a decision to make. But Andrew Luck shut down for the season with a shoulder injury. Who will have? I mean, because it's kind of scary that Andrew Luck has not gotten better and healed from from shoulder surgeries. Uh, earlier in the year, he's he's having a couple of setbacks. Who has the brighter future? Uh, I mean, because, again, both of these guys were, were pretty good quarterbacks before their injuries. What say the Silver Fox? I think Teddy Bridgewater have the better chance once he returns is because with the knee, we know that that's going to heal where he's going to be able to play. But with Andrew Luck with that shoulder, we don't know how that shoulder is going to come back. And um, – I look at this same way with Chris Paul. When I look at, I think to me, I think Andrew Luck is overrated. Yeah, you've you've said that I've a said lot. that, and and the reason I say that, Brissett is giving you the same thing. No, that, he's uh, not. No, no. Let me say it. <laughs> he's giving you the same thing that Andrew Luck is giving you as a, as winning and losing with the same people. If you're going to be that dude, you got to do the Russell Westbrook. Let me carry you. you See, gotta, this is where this is where I'm you you follow a little bit short on the football side. This guy has not had any legitimate help around him for his career. And he when he was on the field, he was a different difference maker when he was healthy. I mean, you look at guys like his leading receiver TY Hilton. You talk about uh, you know an old Frank Gore and before that you you had the, the kid that they traded for that that was a die. 
No, well, Sosa Bedard. Right, but that was way back. Way I'm back, talking okay. about the guy who uh, that I forget his name, but he and I'll come up with it. But the guy that was they traded for, and he was a bust. The, from Alabama, the running back from Alabama. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Richardson or something? Yes, Richardson. Trent Richardson, Yeah, Trent Richardson. Thing. Good job, man. You saved me on that one. But, yeah, so you talk about they, they have, they've had nothing. They like they, they don't have a really good football team right. to begin with, and he was a difference maker. Moving forward, when you talk about that shoulder, I think, oh, man, it's tough. I think Bridgewater, oh, that's tough to say. But I'm going to say, just like Peyton Manning was able to rebound from that neck injury, he right. wasn't the same. Right. But he did come back and have a great year. Yeah. And yeah. a couple great years in Denver. That last year, he kind of fell apart. I'm going to say Andrew Luck will have a better future. And that's tough because we don't know. But, you know, medical science is, is, is what it is. He can go to Germany and do some, some stuff that Kobe did. And, you know, you look up and you will have forgotten uh, that he has done what he's done. So with that, we're going to go to a segment called Have You Heard? Have You Heard? And this is where we talk about stuff that's not necessarily sports related. I haven't heard, but I've been listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> what do you think of the star power at the World Series? I mean, you saw a lot of folks. You know, of course, Fox plugged all of their uh, superstars in. What do you think about the star power at the games? At the World Series, I really didn't really see the star. Well, the Dodgers brought out yeah, well, their, their yeah. arsenal, you yeah. know. Which was I, I thought was great, but here in Houston we we, we got Kate Upton, and you know, and I know you don't know. Look again, you play ball with Satchel Page. You're not on. <laughs> you don't read People Magazine. You're not watching no, TMZ every night. No, no, but I'm but, saying and neither do I. For but, that, man. I mean, we don't. We're not those people. Like a lot of these yeah. people, they call stars. I have no idea I don't who, they, who are. they are. But you know, with Kate Upton, okay, she was at the game. Okay, that's one star. But I'm looking. If we're hometown here, hey, Beyonce, where are you? Yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. I'm, I'm looking for these people where's here. Kelly Rowland? Yeah, where, we where's, got you yeah, got, so many guys. Yeah, Straight yeah. in, flying for a game. Yeah, yeah you got to come in. I'm quite sure they give you a couple tickets. Oh, and they'll great, take care of you. And yeah. great seats, you know. But the Dodgers, you look, you got Sandy Koufax, right. Don Nuke. I'm talking about, they brought out everybody. Well, you got Ben Scully. But, I mean, you yeah, had the Hollywood folks out yeah. there, Jason Bateman. And That's what I'm talking about. I saw Mary Hart at every game, and there were others but around here, them. you know, we, we – Now, we if that had been a basketball game or a Texans game, they would have they would have shown – because, you know, Beyonce and Jay-Z, you know, support have supported the Rockets. Yeah, but this is this is bigger, so you you got to come in. You know, you got to – Yeah, so we lost the Celebrity yeah, we, War. Yeah, we lost that one. Yeah, we but lost like, it. Just between you and I, like if – if Thelma from Good Times and she like seventy years old, if she walked into a room and Kay Upton walked into a room, we are probably gonna skew towards Thelma, seventy <laughs> year old Thelma from Good Times. So I mean that shows you where we are on, on the, the pop culture scale. Uh, the other thing, have you heard or have you seen Marshawn Lynch playing ball against his high school team? I mean this dude. First of all, I'm frustrated with his lack of production on the field because I've always rooted for him on the field. He's kind of is what he is off the field, but to see him running over a high school a high school team, first of all, that was really real. That was that was good and bad. I mean, this he he's just a guy you have to pay attention to. What did you think when you saw him actually playing real football in his Raider gear versus high school? Players? When I when I look at this guy now, and I'm not saying it in a bad way, I'm beginning to look at Marshawn Lynch as a joke. Because he's not serious anymore to me. Right. He, well, he's, he's doing not, a reality show on Facebook, the face, which I hadn't seen any of, but the unscripted show on Facebook. He's just he, yeah. No, that, I, it's it's a word I would like to call him, but I won't. No, because he what, just he just is what he is. He, you you take him from where he came from. He's the same cat. We, we had but guys he's worse used to now like though. What, and, because see, my thing is, and I I don't want to say joke in a bad way, but. He he's just not taking it serious. When he was in Seattle and he was he was moving and grooving, he wasn't doing all of this out in the media as much. But now he he just don't care. He, give, he don't give, give me my check. Let me make sure I'm, I'm making up for last year what I missed or whatever. You know. I'm telling you, man. He's he's the real deal. I think he's I think he's truly authentic. I really appreciate someone that has the freedom to be who they are. We only see a few people that are able to do that. Like, Barkley can say just about anything that he wants to say, and you'll, you know, you'll see him, and, and, and he'll get away with it. 
But most people, if they say certain things, oh, oh, I can't believe they said that. Only a few people in society had a luxury of just being themselves. But and Marshawn Lynch is one of those guys. But I don't think he has. Now, Charles Barkley has earned that because when he played, he was productive for so many years now. Marshawn Lynch now, he, he's just going through the motions. Well, I mean, now, but he he's done his work. He really brought Seattle two Super Bowls. He just didn't get to carry, and Russell Wilson threw the interception. But he really won two Super Bowls in, in my mind. One, man. In my mind, he has two Super well, Bowls. in your 51-year-old mind. Oh, yeah. I don't, again, that, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> uh, did you see, by the way, Shaq eat the chip? Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen that clip, I yeah. need to post that on, on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page. So when you go back, I'm going to yeah. try to post video of Marshawn Lynch and of Shaq eating the chip on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page if you hadn't seen those things. So you can go and, and visit those, and we'll have poll questions too. And uh, we were supposed to ask a poll question about Rick Smith, but we got caught up in the World Series hoopla. A couple other things. Tamar Braxton getting a divorce. She's out there on the open market. What you going to do, kid? Well, I may try to get in there for a few years. And, and <laughs> it, 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 No, no, wait a minute. No, 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 wait a minute. I, I messed up. I was looking at, I'm thinking about the one whose husband is filing for. Yeah, that's her, Tamar. This, now, what's her husband's name? Vince. He's the one that's filing, not for child support, but what do you call it when the. Spousal spousal support. Support. Yeah, and maybe I can get some of that like him. <laughs> so that I may I may try to get in there for a few years. I may be able to give me some spousal support, man. <laughs> They've been doing it for years. Hey, I need to say, catch he, up a little bit. Change the game in yeah. the name of equity, right? Who the what's the song uh, the, the the Zodico guy who changed the game? That's me. <laughs> <laughs> who changed the game? Yeah, that's it. That's well, it. the game certainly has changed. That's it. Oh, uh, what about my, Mark Cuban finally Mark Cuban running for president? Oh my. God. Well, do you know right now, Donald Trump has opened this thing up. To anybody. Anybody. The can rock, run. Yeah, anybody. The, yeah, anybody can run now, man. Kid I, Rock, The he, Rock. Can I be your. No, but I'm scared to be a campaign manager now because there's so much going <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, too much going on. Yeah, but if you, you can run. Yeah, if I ran, well, hey, I'm like uh, MC Breed. I played the White House black. <laughs> <laughs> nah. You can run. You can you can be forty six. No, I, I would have much more respect for the office and be much more intimidated by the office than than he is. I mean, well, uh, he, I'm not getting into what he. That, I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. It's, it's too easy to to, to talk about. Yeah, forty five is doing some things, but that's all right. Yeah, and with that, uh, before we wrap up, I do want to give you an opportunity to plug your basketball tournament that's coming up. For any of those folks in and around Houston, give me all the information about the basketball tournament so we can get it out there and have, fill up the gym at Austin High School. Uh, it's going to be November 11th over Tell at Austin. Tell them what it is. Okay. Who's playing? Okay, I'm, I'm getting to that big fella. I said, boy, you <laughs> but know But it's what? high school. It's high school. You know what? One thing I can say about you, Devin, you, you're a very supportive man, and I really appreciate that because – when it, it seems like I'm slacking, you on my butt about getting my event out. Right, you know right, what I'm right. saying? I want to make sure yeah, you get out. You, yeah. you, 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 you on it. I really do appreciate that, man. But uh, so you're having a high school basketball tournament, right? High, high school basketball event is called the Rookie, Rookies Classic, November 11th at Austin High School at 1700 Dumble. Uh, it's a season opener that we're going to have over there. 12:30, it'll be Al- Aldean High School against Houston Austin High School at two o'clock. It'll be Channel View High School versus North Forest at 3.30. We'll have Seven Lakes High School versus Manville, who's a football powerhouse, but they have an excellent basketball team. And then at 5 o'clock, it'll be hot, Fort Bend Bush and Houston Madison. So, yeah, so those are uh, great game, four great games, eight great teams. How much is it to get in? Uh, it's 10 bucks. But at it's the worth door. It. Yeah. It's worth it. You get four games for 10 bucks. Uh, and this not, is for the basketball junkie. If you were to just come in and catch a doubleheader yeah. or a tripleheader. And, and we talked about this like back in the old days in high school playoffs for Texas high school football. They would have games all day, day long in the Dome. You would play. And I, I spent like 10 hours in the Dome one day watching game after game after game in uh, high school. Went in in the morning, came out, it was pitch not, black dog. And it, but it was a great, great thing. And, and, you look and this at is it, a similar event. Yeah, like you say, when you went in and watched those three games, for whatever you paid, 
that was the cheapest dates you had in town that day, didn't it? Not you know? only that, yeah, not only that, but yeah. you learn, you can learn, and, and you can start to follow these guys because some of these guys, we know that Houston is a hotbed for basketball. Mm-hmm. You guys have been doing things on the AAU level and with the high schools, and you really, I mean, Houston basketball takes a back seat to no one, no city in the United States. We have talent come out here filling the rosters around the country in, in D1 programs. Yeah, it's really, really great. Uh, you get to see some good talent out there, man. You get to enjoy it, you know, bring your kid or, you know, whatever you want to do, come and sit out there. Like I say, you'll see four four games for 10 bucks. That's $2.50 a game. Can't beat it. Can't beat Can't it. Can't beat it. And you're supporting yeah. these young student athletes because you, when you fill that gymnasium up, it gives them a sense of, wow, yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we're here in something. So uh, that's at Austin High School. I'll be out and about. And other folks will come out. Eddie Robinson, we'll get him out there. Chili Bill Smith maybe will come right. out. We'll try to get everybody out there to support that event and those young student athletes and what you're doing, which is super, super positive. How can they get you on Twitter? They can get me on Twitter at Allen, Allen Ron 10 And again, that's Allen, Allen Ron 10 And that's A-L-L-E-N. That is correct. Allen, Allen Ron 10 at Twitter. Uh, and before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, want to, uh, again, thank you guys for tuning in. want to remind you, please subscribe, make comments, give us feedback. Go to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page, group page, and fan page, and give us some feedback if you have some questions. If there's a team or a city you want us to, to focus on, we certainly are interested in doing that. If there's a story that nobody's talking about that needs talking about, hey, let us know. Give us any sort of feedback you like. Uh, tell us what you like, what you don't like. We certainly appreciate all of that. want to remind you, you can tweet me at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S. W-O-R-D. And, of course, you can find me on Facebook. Again, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. And, again, on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Overcast, all of those ways. Just Hmm. Google Sports Talk with Devin Wade. If you're having problems in any form, there's multiple ways to get to us. And we certainly appreciate the support from all, literally, coast to coast, Kev. I mean, literally, all over the country, they are listening to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. If you want to advertise with us, you certainly can do so as well. And so with that, going to end episode 39. And as always, have a great day.